Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I have your host, Rashawn McDonald. I say this every episode. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. And we talk about gifts and purposes. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews include CEOs, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call industry decision makers. Well, my next guest is one of my favorite guests. He's a person that I met on Money Making Conversation. We developed a relationship as soon as I got off air. We talked about it. Uh, we talked about this TV show that I appeared on a little bit later on. His name is Ash Cash. He's one of America's leading financial educators, a personal finance expert, business coach, speaker, best-selling author, TV and radio personality. He's the founder and CEO of Mind Right Money Management, a financial education and media company that blends psychology and personal finance. He hosts the Ash Cash Show, a daily live financial news show, which streams Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9. 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on his YouTube channel, providing motivation and advice on finance, entrepreneurship, and more. He's on the show to discuss his new book, which I just read. It was a very entertaining book. It's a memoir slash motivational book about financial and how to get your life right in many different circumstances. It's entitled From the Block to the Bank, How to Make the Most of Your Circumstance to Maximize Your Full Potential. He's on the show to talk about unlocking the vault. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Ash Cash. <laughs> Brother Rashad, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Always good energy when we connect, for sure. Well, you know, I, I I love talking to you, and I love I love reading books, and because um, I, I I you know I get a lot of great authors on my show, and one of the things I guess uh, they they do a lot of interviews where people kind of act like they read a read your book or they interview you because nothing about your book at the end of the interview, but the importance of your book is why you own the show. The importance of the value and the experience you brought to being able to write that book is why you're on this show. And I want to read a little a little excerpt I pulled from the book very own. This is from Ash Cash's book. I was born to an immigrant mom who spoke no English. My father didn't want me, my brother didn't like me, and my sister beat me up. My neighborhood was filled with crack and poverty. The church despised me. The schools thought I was dumb and wanted to put me in a special ed. And my basketball coach didn't think I was good enough. Today, I am the greatest money mindset coach on the planet and one of the world's top financial educators. I am financially free and run multiple businesses with my wife, best friend, and the mother of my two sons, all the same person. <laughs> I'm a best-selling author who has written over 10 books and have positively affected millions of lives. I have been featured on more major media outlets and world media outlets worldwide, and I'm regarded as one of the true financial motivators because of my unmatched energy that came from your book that shows yes. that you know people can stereotype you people can yes. pigeonhole you people can tell you what they think you should be or can be but that does not determine your destiny that is why i pulled that out because that is yeah. the message i put on money making conversation on a weekly basis and here you do it in this book your memoir that you've written. It's a memoir slash financial book. And I think it's important I say it's a memoir because a lot of people write books, man, and they don't even have money in the bank. They, right. they don't even motivate a frog to jump 
okay? And what he's telling you is that his life is a motivation. And if I'm missing anything, fill in, fill in the blanks there, Ash. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly it. And it's funny because um, even even years later, as you were reading that, like that, it, it was it was painful, right? Mm-hmm. Not painful because of the memories, but how many people out there have the same story, mm-hmm. um, and they allow that story uh, to dictate their life. Um, I have a bunch of my friends. Uh, who are dead or in jail because mm-hmm. they were they too had the similar background, um, but instead of you know taking their destiny in their own hands, um, they listened you know and and so for me you know one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book was because um, there's somebody right now uh, who's going through something right who um, you know who thinks they're not worthy who believes that they are you know aren't going to amount to anything um, and they're ready to give up. Um, and too many times we look at successful people um, and don't know the backstory. Um, and we just believe that they just kind of kind of woke up and was successful. Right. Right. But 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 if we tell the stories and someone who looks at me and says, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's got to get kicked out of school four times. He was expelled from the 10th grade. He mm-hmm. was kicked out in, in the first grade for fighting. Like and th- <laughs> this guy, like this is the guy who, who's doing all this awesome stuff. Oh, I, I, I believe I could do it. And so that was one of the reasons why I decided that it was time to tell the story. Well, in, importantly, I think that uh, when we talk about like I grew up in the neighborhood of Houston, Texas, you know, two-bedroom shotgun house. I tell the story all the time on the show because I want to remind people that don't look at me now, look at me back then. And back then is that journey. And then we talk about putting together this book. So we talk about the memoir portion of the book and then the financial motivation portion of the book. Why combine the two? Yeah, because I think that a a lot of times, I mean, you you alluded to this earlier, right? A lot of times uh, people just write these motivational books. Like they might have read a book and then because they read the book, they're like, oh, this sounds good. Let me let, let me now give the advice. They might have went through one coaching session, mm-hmm. and then because they went through the one coaching session, now, now they're a certified coach, and right. now they're coaching people. Um, for me, I wanted people to know uh, that, yes, I'm from the projects, but I wanted you to understand all of the ups and downs that I went through for 40 years of my life, right? So I wrote this book. Uh, you know, right as when I turned 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you when you look at from from the day I was born, you know, to 40, here are some ups and downs that I was going through. But despite it all, I've still managed to be successful. And so, you know, in a way, my memoir is my receipt is to, is to kind of show you, listen, you know, regardless of what you're going through here, you could go through, you, you could go through and still be successful. But now here are these 40 principles that I call the cash advances. Here are these 40 principles that you can actually, you know, you know, uh, um, um, uh, take action towards you can right. really just uh, you know you know implement them to actually maximize your full potential regardless of what your circumstances. I'm talking to Ash Cash. His book uh, from the block to the bank is brand new book. Uh, like I said, he's written over ten books. From the block to the bank: How to make the most of your circumstance to maximize your full potential. Because we hear that a lot, Ash Cash. We hear a lot by potential. Yeah. We hear a lot by gifts, purpose faith, you know, uh, especially the last 10 years, especially with social media. Social media is driven by motivation, uplift, that drives it. So you got a lot of people out there talking about potential and following your gifts and not being denied as to who you are. But you are a financial motivator, and I love your energy. What is separating you right now from the competition? Yeah, I think I think that that uh, the ability to just not be uh, not be afraid to be vulnerable, 
Um, there's so many people who believe that if they don't give uh, or, or if they give their full self, people people are not going to connect with them. Uh, and so they put up this, um, you know, this 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 vision or this person that's not really uh, who they are. Um, for me, I, I still make I still make mistakes right now. Like right. I'm, t- I'm talking about like I made a mistake yesterday. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, it is the ability to 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 look at everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, put them together and just know that everything is perfect. Everything is working for your greater good. Um, and and so I, I don't I don't hide against my imperfections. Uh, in fact, it, it is it is my imperfections uh, that that make me uh, greatness on display, right? Because I I know that in order to be great, you have to uh, you know know what great people do, and mm. and there hasn't been a great person uh, that I've connected with that I've read about uh, that that did that 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 wasn't flawed. Um, and so, so I think that 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 ability to uh, you know, to be relatable, right. um, to, you know, you know, reach people where they are um, is, is, you know, is what makes me different. Well, you know, what uh, I'm, I'm going to share, I always like to share personal stories, just like you just shared a personal story of flaw. Uh, I've, I've recently had an account where I was asked to, to do an event and I went to the event and I, and I was just tired, mentally tired. And I, I didn't want to walk around. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to put 100% effort, even though I was physically there. Well, mm-hmm some notes came back and every note that the, came back about the event was stuff I could have fixed or stuff I could have mm. carried to the next level or created a relationship and explained it out. And so it let me believe that that was my mistake. My mistake was mm-hmm. that I, and a lot of times we do make mistakes. We make mistakes because we know it. We just don't yeah. maximize our effort. And so you know, that's the understanding mistakes are kind of a controlled Errors, I like to call them, because of the fact that you're in a position to stop it. But sometimes you go, I don't feel like doing it. It becomes a mistake when you don't do it. But it may not become a mistake if you exercise the effort to do what you've been required to do. Get up on time. Do the work that's been assigned you. If you owe somebody the money, pay it back to them. Don't take a loan you came back, pay back. These are mistakes that you can actually control. And that's what your book is about. It's five transactions and it's 40 cash advances. So naturally, you know, when we talk about the vault, we talk about Ash Cash. So we keep it everything normal, keep it everything in flow with your tone and your brand. That's what I love your brand. So how did the brand of Ash Cash come about? Yeah, so the brand of Ash Cash was really, I've always been an entrepreneur, you know, packing bags, eight years old, at the local supermarket, selling uh, mixtapes and T-shirts at 125th Street, and so I'm always with my had, man Kool Aid. You know, now don't forget that. Give Kool Aid yeah, his yeah, credit that, now. Right. Thanks <laughs> out to Kool Aid. Thanks out to Rich Kid. You know what I'm saying? Who put me on? You know. And so, uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, always being an entrepreneur, um, always figuring it out. Um, you know, from that working, you know, at the video store, Blockbuster Videos at 17. You know, so fast out to my sister who, who helped me not become a drug dealer, right? And so, you know, I had I had one foot in, one foot out, trying to figure out what I was going to do. You know, sister was like, "Listen, let me let me get you a job," uh, and then becoming a banker. So I've always, um, you know, had you know this entrepreneurship spirit. The funny thing is that I was a vice president uh, at one of the largest financial institutions in the world decided that I wanted to write a book in 2009. Um, and, you know, I could have wrote it as Ash Exantis, uh, but because I was licensed, because I was, uh, you know, you know, an officer of the bank, right. um, you know, I couldn't do it. And so I needed to, you know, I needed to find an alias. And I said, why not tap into the, to the, to the guy 
you know, who who was eight, who the guy who was, you know, 12 years old packing bags and 12 years old selling mixtapes and T-shirts. Uh, and that's how, you know, I started writing with the name Ash Cash. Um, and then it, 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 it continued to grow. Um, and now, literally, if you Google Ash Cash right now, uh, Ash Exantis, which is my real name, right. you know, comes up. Which is which is beautiful, which means you can't run from yes. the truth. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, when we talk about the book that we're talking about, we're talking about your life, who are you targeting, Ash Cash, when you write a book like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the millennials are just dominating social media. That they, they, they age group from 18 to 34, they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to be vendors. They don't want to work that 40-hour-a-week shift. Then we have the the, four, the plus 40 who tend to use their age as an excuse as to why they can't achieve their dreams. So talk to us about who are you targeting, on, oh, especially on the male-female breakdown. Yeah, and, and so so it's really it's all of the above, you know, because I feel like um, from from that, that person who – um, is, you know, working or the person who's the 18 to 34 year old millennial um, who doesn't want to work and is becoming an entrepreneur um, there, you know, the book is, is for them because when you think about the ups and downs, right. I, you know, I, I was a, a VP, quit my job, then, you know, started to be- become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship didn't work, had to get a job again, then had to quit again. So there was a lot of ups and downs. Um, and so anybody who, is going through that journey is going to learn some lessons about, you know, how to really, uh, you know, make that transition uh, from from nine to five to uh, a full time uh, entrepreneur. Uh, but then also, uh, you know, that 40 plus person, right, who is looking for that reinvention, who mm-hmm. says, you know what, it's my age. I can't do anything, uh, but really just needs to know that regardless, as long as you have breath in your body, there's always an opportunity to move forward. And so, you know, the book is um, for anybody, right? Right. Anybody uh, who um, has ever thought or been told that they they can't maximize their full potential and just needs that extra motivation and and the instruction, the step-by-step instruction on how to actually make it happen. Well, it's a fun book. It's a fun, and when I say fun book, I mean, when I'm saying you're going to talk about his life, I'm saying some of the things that happen yeah. in his life isn't funny, but it's entertaining because that's why he's a colorful writer. You know, you, you actually can see, I was telling my staff, they said, Rochelle, what do you think of the book? I said, you know, if I, if I, if I watch 50 Cent series on stars, you know, Raising Canaan, I think that, I think that, I think this is his book. It took a little piece. <laughs> I, need, I, I need some royalties, Rashad. I might have to get in contact I with said, my lawyer. I said, I said, I think this is his book right here. I said, because, and that's the beauty of this timing of this book. Because of the yeah. fact, I'm talking about the pre-power series that they have on right yeah. now. This feels so ingrained because it's about New York. It's about that colorful era of drugs and violence and living in the community. I, I think he couldn't have brought this book out at a better time because it's such a popular summer series. And when I read it, I kept envisioning and looking at the character structure and all that. Talk about that, man. Am I, am I missing the boat when I'm saying this, Ash Cash? No, no you're, you're 100% right. You know, what? one of the things... Um, that it isn't talked about a lot is um, how dangerous the 80s and the 90s were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how, um, you know, I remember, you know, being eight years old, 10 years old, having to go to school by myself, right? Or, or, or with my sister. Right. My mom was at work um, and it was a dangerous time. You know, there were shootouts. There mm-hmm. were, you know, you know, drug dealing. There were, you know, crack happening. There was uh, sexual activity. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, in our neighborhoods. And so I think that people don't realize 
um, how that time uh, has been pivotal um, in who we have become, um, not only as adults, but as society as well. And so, um, you know, it, it is definitely... Um, a urban story. It's an urban tale. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, people, you know, I saw a dead body right before I turned 12 years old, right. like to actually see somebody dead, right? Like that, like that's something that, you know, as a parent, right. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my daughter's 13. My son is, is six years old. Like some of the things that like, like I was looking at my son the other day, I said, I can't even fathom mm-hmm. him having a fist fight with anybody right. at his age. Mm-hmm. And, and, but at his age, I was kicked out of school for, for having fistfights. So uh, the time was different. Um, it's a blessing, though, to, to actually be here mm-hmm. and uh, be able to have the conversation and tell the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also to be able to, you know, as a parent, uh, understand how blessed I am, but then also how blessed my, my family and my children are. Absolutely. Uh, I was, uh, like I said, the book is five, five Transactions, 40 Cash Advances. That's how the chapters are broken down. Now, it was like I pulled out about five of them. I wanted to just just, just throw some gems out in conversation with you. The first was in uh, Cash Advance 5, uh, Believe in Your Powers to Make Anything Happen. And then we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just rattle them off, and then we're going to come back. And then uh, Cash Advance number 10, Take Action Despite of Fear. That's very important. Uh, then Cash Advance number 12, Embrace Negative and Positive Feedback. And mm. we kind of talked about that in me just a minute ago when I talked about yeah. I went to the event. And then I didn't just shut down and go, hey, man, screw that. I looked inside myself, looked in the mirror and said, what did you do? And so Cash yeah. Advance number 32, create your legacy now. And Cash Advance 34, change your perspective on struggle. Wow. Mm. This is just uh, several of the 40 fantastic chapters that he has. And they all, each one is called a cash advance with an associated number. Let's go back up to cash advance number five. Believe in your powers to make anything happen. Why? Yeah, Why is that chapter so, 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 yeah, yeah. Eddie Spears says uh, anything is possible. Uh, with, no matter who you are or where you come from, mm-hmm. find your path and stay on it. Right. And so. You have to believe in your powers to make anything happen because you, no, no matter who you are, you know, everything starts in the mind, right? Everything. And, and so when we start to allow other people to um, tell us who we are, why we are, and what we can and cannot do, we are giving up our power. And so we have to believe in our powers to make anything happen. We have to know that regardless of what our current circumstance is, regardless of that, you know, we have the power today. The only time that we have is here and now. Yesterday is gone. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care who you know, who's in your Rolodex. You cannot bring yesterday back. Tomorrow is actually running from you. Right. Like, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, we all could focus on tomorrow. But when tomorrow comes, it's actually going to be today again. Right. And so why focus on anything else but today, but the here and now? Um, and so once you believe in your powers to make anything happen in the here and now, then, then there's no limit to, to where you can go. Well, it's all about limits. I think that we, we, we tend to limit ourselves. And we limit ourselves based on race, Absolutely. gender, age, and a stereotype. You know, and I think that that's why it was important in reading this book is that, you know, as a young African-American male, you can say you're not going to be anything if you read the newspaper or, or people stare at you when you go down the street or, or, the, op- or the mentors. Because you had mentors that 
push you in the right direction. We, we talk about that. Like you said, you wanted to be a, a Kill Davidson, you know, from Wrecking Effect. Mm -hmm. You know, just yeah. watching him impacted you. And I always tell people that young mind is so important because, like you said, at the age of 40, you can vividly remember situations and time and dates and situations. That's why you got shaped in, but that didn't impact you now. If you had to tell somebody, when I'm going through the book, this is a fantastic book, like I've stated, I'm talking to Ash Cash, from the block to the bank, how to make the most of your circumstance to maximize your full potential. That's what this is all about. Every time I met Ash Cash, he's always talking about maximize, maximize, maximize. Now, a lot of people coincide that with effort. Well, true enough. You have to get up at a certain time. You have to put out a certain amount of work in order to accomplish that goal. When you talk about that and take action despite of fear, that chapter I had to bring out because of the fact that fear stops people based on stereotype. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people are so afraid of not only uh, some people are fail uh, afraid of failing, some people are afraid of success. Some people are afraid of what other people are going to say about them. Some people are afraid of, you know, you know it's so funny because even, in, 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 in I, you know, not to even point fingers, I used to have survivor's remorse. Yes. I used to be the guy <laughs> who limited my success because the, my guys were still on the corner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, how, how am I living this, this grand life? And, this, and they're still trying to figure, figure certain things out. So I used to have survivor's remorse. But the truth of the matter um, is that fear is something uh, that it's it's a warning, right? right. I, I give this example all the time. You know, imagine if you were driving on any interstate in, in America and you start to fall asleep at the wheel and you start to veer left. If, if the bumps in the road didn't wake you up, right. you would hit the divider and you would cause a, 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 a you know, you know a accident, you would flip <laughs> over. But once you hit the side of that road and the bumps happen, it's actually waking you up. It says, hey, you're veering off to the left, yes. you're veering off to the right, wake <laughs> up, you know, get, get your, you know, get the steering wheel straight again, right? right, right. Mm -hmm. That's what fear is. A lot of times people have this fear and they let it stop them. But what happens is fear is just waking you up. Fear is just telling you that you off track. Fear is just telling you that you out of alignment. So get, get you wake up, get back in alignment and stay focused on where you're going. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the biggest message in cash advance. Number 10 is saying that you meet, you need to take action despite your fear, because the truth of the matter, you will still feel your fear. Mm -hmm. But as long as you don't allow that fear to stop you, then fear is okay. It's just a warning. It's just telling you to wake up. It's telling you that you're, you're focused on the wrong things. You're not focusing on what you need to focus on. And once you wake up, you take back that wheel, you drive straight, anything is possible. I tell you, it's beautiful. I'm going to skip one because I know I don't want to uh, take up too much time here because I want to talk about create your own legacy now. That's uh, mm. Cash Advance number 32 because I also want to talk about the Ash Cash show as we wrap up. But let's talk about creating your legacy now because legacy is a word. You know, the thing about it, word brand is overused sometimes. Legacy is overused another time. Uplift, motivation. It's so many overused terms. That's why I'm recommending people buy this book because you're getting it from, I'm going to call him a legend. He's a legend. You know, he's straight out of New York. He's a legend down in Atlanta, tearing it up down in the South, owning both sides, North and South, in the, in the motivational because of the fact that he takes common terminology, or I, I should say terminology is not common, and make it common and relatable. And that's what makes him so gifted and, make, and why I enjoy talking to him. He and I walk in the same room. We have the same clothes on. He would speak totally different from me. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind it because sometimes... I, I can't reach everybody, so he allows, but he can reach people I can't reach, and he can reach people I, I'm reaching and probably reaching better. That's why I love him, because I don't fear him. 
I don't fear him at all. I don't fear sharing his knowledge or sharing his style with anybody. All I want people to know more about it. That's what I love. I want to tell more people about Ash Cash. So, Ash, when Thank we you. talk about create your own legacy now, what are you talking about, brother? In chapter Yeah, 32? you know, you know what? One of the, the biggest travesties um, that I see is that a bunch of gifted people, a bunch of people who, um, you know, have, have these abilities to be great, uh, they chase money. You know, they chase money and they they uh, they care about what kind of car they drive. They care about the house they live in. Um, they care about, you know, you know, all the material things in, in the world. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that, you know, when 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 God calls you back home, um, no one's really going to care what kind of car you drove. Nobody's going to care about your house. Uh, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, when he when he died, uh, he was worth seven billion dollars. A lot of people you know, don't even, don't really know that. Right. And so nobody cares. Everybody knows Steve Jobs as somebody who, you know, created Apple, you know, and, and has been a pioneer in, in, in the tech space. Um, and so, you know, creating your leg- legacy now is making sure uh, that we don't waste, we, we don't waste our time on earth. We don't waste, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our time chasing after money, chasing after things, building your legacy is about, you know, writing your life story, right? Like if, 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 if your life were to end, like, what are people going to say to you? What kind of, you know, hearts have you touched, right? Shannon Adler says, you know, carve your name on hearts, right? Not on tombstones. And so are people going to remember you? Are people going to say, you know what? Yo, Rashawn McDonald was that guy. Like, I remember this this time when he, you know, helped me get to this level and he introduced me here and he was, you know, he helped me get my first home or, you know, all the different things that people are going to say. Like, that's what makes you a legend. That's, that's what makes you legendary is when you are still alive and people have these great stories. People remember the things that you've done for them. Um, and so I want, I want to remind people, you know, in, in this, in this cash advance to not focus on the money, not focus on the things. And the truth of the matter is that things are great. I love money. I love things, right? right. But I don't love those. I don't love money or things above the purpose because the truth of the matter is that when, I, as I'm carving my legacy, the money and the, and the things are coming anyway. Yes, sir. And so why focus on, you know, the, the, the tree when you can have the whole forest. And so, you know, I want people to focus on their legacy now. Well, every, every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you have a YouTube channel and it's called the Ash Cash Show. Tell everybody about the show so we can, uh, so we can reach you and we can see you motivating us on a daily basis. Yeah. So the Ash Cash Show is the most financially empowering show on the planet every Monday (laughs) through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, we, you know, every every morning, um, it's really about helping people stay motivated. Uh, it's helping people understand. You, you see my shirt. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that abundance is their birthright. Um, you know, abundance isn't something that you have to get. It's, you know, it's, it's just something that you have to allow. Like if you just allow abundance to come in, the opportunities will come, and then you you definitely still have to take action. But you have to allow the abundance to come, and so. Uh, you know, we fellowship every Monday through Friday, uh, really just helping people, you know, elevate their mind so they can elevate their life. And, and that's available um, on, you know, on we, we, we simulcast on, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, um, on Twitter and Twitch. Um, and you can find it on AshCashTV.com. My brother, he's, he's a brilliant one. Over 10 books. 
write this one down. From the block to the bank, how to make the most of your circumstance to maximize your full potential. As always, I learned something. He's younger than me, but I still learned something. He's the greatest money mindset coach on the planet and one of the world's top financial educators, Ash Cash. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, sir. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, legend. <laughs> Thank you. We will be right back with more Money Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week I sat down with award-winning actor, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, Hill Harper. He stopped by and talked about how his thyroid cancer diagnosis led to his role as a health and wellness ambassador, teaching everyday people how to live healthier lives. We believe that a lot of the root cause of cancer has to do with what we put on our skin. Our skin is the largest organ in our body. Mm -hmm. It absorbs everything mm -hmm. just as if you ate it. Your endocrine system, your liver, your kidneys have to deal with it. And they said the reason why it'll never be tested because the same companies that make the lotions that contain the aluminum, the petroleum, the parabens, and the oils and all these things, the same companies who make that are also the same companies that are the drug companies. Right. So they're never going to do a, a long-term study of the effects of their product. If you want to listen to this full interview with Hill Harper, it's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Tamika Foster Raymond. She is most known for her extensive career as a trend-setting celebrity stylist, lending her creative talents to legendary soul singers like Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, and Aretha Franklin, to chop to chart toppers such as Jay-Z, Usher, Chris Brown, Mary J. Blige, Sierra, The Fugees, Nas, Dr. Dre, and more. Shopping or designing the next style crave was just one of the many responsibilities that Tamika Raymond juggled for over two decades. In her memoir, Tamika opens up about her childhood influences, coming of age in Oakland, and losing her first love without losing her decorum, dignity, or ability to dream. She shares details of her own brush with death, as well as the heartbreak she endured after losing her loving old son, Kyle. Here I Stand is about growth, renewal, perseverance, and optimism, and ultimately about striving to remain in a presence of happiness. Here I Stand in a beautiful state. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tamika Foster Raymond. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Well, you know, uh, first of all, I enjoy reading the book. I, I'm a, you know, I read a lot of books, Tamika, and I love books that have pictures of it, especially memoirs, you know, because it allows me to see that that journey. And you have a lot of great photos. And but to get photos in there, you had to go through a lot and had to go call on friends and cousins, I'm sure, and relatives and things like that. Talk about putting the photos together in your book, because it was fun watching you grow up and watching you and your, you know, as your career was ascending and and those moments. But talk about putting together the photos, that, the beautiful photos that are in this memoir. That is completely accurate. It was so hard gathering the pictures and and more importantly, narrowing down which right. to use. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I have I realized I have about ooh, probably about 4000 pictures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to do a picture book my next go around. <laughs> just all yeah. photos. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I just had to find things that kind of stamp certain times in my life. Right. Um, and clients where there's pivotal moments that I worked with. I worked with so many people that I couldn't put everybody in, obviously, but I did some of my top clients. Well, some of your top clients are key because some certain clients that allow you to go to the next level. I always think in my life, personally, I always, every time I see Robert Towns, I always say, man, if it wasn't for you, 
giving me my next writing job, I would not be here today. And it's people uh. like that that step out, you know, because he gave me my second writing job after I, me and the boys with Steve Hart was abruptly canceled ABC. And he called me to write on his show on the WB on the Parenthood. And so, but uh, people like that came into your life. We talk about, you know, Lauren Hill. Talk about that. Yes. Um, yeah, Lauren Hill was definitely, I'd say, uh, kind of the pinnacle of my career. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think because I had started styling for a few years before meeting her. And when I met her, you know, she took it to a whole other level. Um, because working with the food, I was working with the Fujis as a whole at first. Right. And then when Lauren did her independent project, Miseducation, I was, you know, in charge of that whole look. When you look at these, because you have to have an opinion. That's what I love about people like you, because you're talking to celebrities and you're talking to a lot of people who also have their opinions, have but not you. So you're kind of like fighting their opinions, but you have to stand strong. You didn't just fall into this skill set, but it started as early, early on as a child. When you started getting confidence to be able to tell celebrities or tell what we would consider professionals in their craft this is how they should look and trust me. Well, you know, a, a true stylist, it goes beyond just what they wear. You kind of go into what their demographic is and who they're trying to appeal to. So, you know, I listen to the music usually and I kind of analyze um, kind of what they're trying to say, what the messaging is, what they're trying to get come across as. And I don't know. I am very opinionated. Always have been. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> I think I probably started with my first client giving my opinions too heavily. <laughs> well, opinions matter, and you know? so it if does. you don't have an opinion, job, it does. really, yeah. especially in your business, I know that when you're in a business like this, you know, there's very few people you can trust, and confidence has to play a role. And when I started oh, reading yeah. your memoir, which is a wonderfully written memoir, a very uh, and somewhat. Uh, emotionally charged and sometimes I, I grew sad by some of the stories because tragedy and, and sadness has been a part of your life but you've overcome that how because a lot of people would like to know that how they can personally not just you but how they can personally read your book and take that away and especially carry it into their own personal life I think it's important to remain in a beautiful state and, and I say that because you only have two states of being you can right. either be in a suffering state or a beautiful state. And, you know, I go through many, many things, but I don't let them define me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I, I go through really sad times, but I try to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I try to find the bright side in things. So I don't stay mad at things. I, mm-hmm. I get mad. Right. I'm like, still oh, human. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get mad now. Well, I got some chapters in there. You got mad now. You got mad. <laughs> I get mad, mad. Yeah. No, I get mad, mad. It's in me. Mm-hmm. But, I just, I, I, I shake it off. I don't stay mad. I don't stay mad at people. I don't stay mm-hmm. mad at things. Mm-hmm. I just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I think that positive outlook has helped me to maintain just remaining as a happy person and remaining, you know, successful. And it's, I've been continuing to flourish as a result. So I think my mindset is, is a lot about my mindset. And mindset is very key. I know Tamika when I was reading the book, uh, you know, Oakland, I don't really have a, I've been to Oakland several times for concerts when I was with Steve Harvey. So I, I got that idea of what Oakland is. What is Oakland then when you, when you was growing up as a young lady at the age of 15 and now 
is, is Oakland changed or there's still parts of Oakland that really, really refreshes your memory and just makes you smile and laugh or, or make you sad? Ah, let's see. That's funny. I just left Oakland last night mm-hmm. and I was just having this conversation. When I was 15, one thing that was going on in Oakland that I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say it changed is definitely um, it was heavily uh, infested with drugs. Right. Drugs were a problem in Oakland um, from on both sides of the table, from using and the dealing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I said in the book, I think at one point I said it was it was thriving and dying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such, you know, geographically, it's such a beautiful plot of land. I, I feel like so much can be done. You know, it, it's very rich in location. Like we're right on the bay. We have the most beautiful trees and scenery. Right. It just feels like they need to tear everything down and start over. <laughs> well, that's right, because you say right on Babylon. the bay, and and I know that. But it almost feels like when you read about Oakland, you know, you know about the Oakland Raiders when they're there in Oakland. Like from a sports standpoint, you kind of aware of Oakland, but it feels like just when you remind me, you said Rashawn's right there on the water. I kind of got the feeling, even though I've been there. I didn't really get that feeling. It feels like Oakland is away from the water. It feels like it's like a, it almost feels like a neighborhood that's a that's in a bigger neighborhood. Uh huh. It almost feels that way because I've been there. And then, but the the imagery of it, you know, because you always talk sure. about San Francisco. You always talk about you know the different areas around it. But when you get to Oakland, it always feels like it's small. Am I am I saying am I incorrect in my statement about that? That Oakland is a big city, but it has a small culture. You know what I, well, I'll tell you something really good about it, though. Oakland is very proud, meaning we are black aware in Oakland. We are like, you know, we we would create a lot of movements, you know, the Black Panthers. Right. We had a lot of movements that started out of Oakland, and a lot of great leaders from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I say the core of the people there, they're some of the most real people you'll meet. You know, um, so I love the people. I say it all the time. I say, God, I love the people. I just wish we could just wash the whole town. <laughs> right, just right. sweep all the streets clean and just kind of start over. Well, you know, the, uh, we, we all say that. I, know I, I grew up in the neighborhood in the Fifth Ward in Houston, and I see the changes in it. But, you know, when you're growing up in it, it, it all feels good. You know, you, you see the violence and you see the negativity, but it doesn't, you know, your, my family protected me as much as they could, so it really didn't impact me. Now, right. your, your parents were doing the same thing for you. And I, I love the they fact tried. that, you know, you know, what you know, it separated when, it, when you were 12 years old, which made a difference in your life and your approach. But I love the fact you said that your father, your father had a role in the Mac. I said, oh my goodness, that's my man right there. The Mac, the Mac, my, one of my all-time favorite pimp movies. Your dad was in the Mac. And then when I see oh. a picture of him, he looked like he belonged in the Mac too. Light complexion, good hair. <laughs> oh my goodness, he was something else, child. <laughs> Listen, my daddy probably should have directed the back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he looks just like Max Julian. If you want to know, if you buy the book, I'm not saying he's a, he's a clone of Max Julian, but he has the same yeah. structure, same style, same personality, same type energy, look. same, yeah, same energy. As, as Max Julian, who was the star of the movie The Mac, the fame movie The Mac, which also starred Richard Pryor at the time. I, I just smiled, and it, those moments like that in the book that made me smile a lot in your book. What was the whole of, of just telling the story? Then you had these moments when you got hit by the car, you know, it's like, and, 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 and here's the, I won't say funny, 
Tamika. It was funny. <laughs> because because I'm trying to figure out how did this guy get away, took you home, dropped you off, but nobody got his name, nobody got an insurance card from him, and he just left. So here's the here's the oh, quick story. Off. Am, am I telling the truth? You were hit. Like, you were what me. nine years old. I was nine. I, I flew down. I, I said I made a quick stop at Quick Stop. I flew <laughs> down the street. It was all bad. You know, and so it's a, just a quick scenario to, uh, without telling too many details. She gets hit, and the person takes her home, and that's it. You know, nobody took the time to say, what's your name, sir? And he was driving a nice car, too, by the way. Driving a nice that's car. And, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 so, so, but that 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 kind of like led me to the whole story. Your life is going to be filled with these moments, so these these moments of of of, of, of uncertainty and, uh, and 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 mystery because that was a mystery to me. You got hit. You, for, fortunately for us all, you survived, and then it started putting in motion your life for the from moving forward from then on. Because at twelve, that's when your parents finally separated, and that's when you started defining yourself. As a, as a, quote unquote an adult, because you wanted to what do. About, what about me burning the house down? Though? Well, I would. I can't. I'm telling you, Tamika, you gotta watch it now. You can't tell all the good stories up there. Okay, that's the last one. That's <laughs> it. I See, I, I'm trying. To, I'm telling you, this is how I do books, sure. Tamika. I know the books. See, I know I can tell everybody you up there messing with your dad stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and got carried away and then all of a sudden threw a little water, went downstairs, and didn't tell anybody till you grown what really happened. See, <laughs> see, don't worry, I, I read these books and your book is you fantastic. Didn't read the book, you read it. <laughs> uh, this book is fantastic. But what I try to do when it is because it's a memoir. And the memoir is very uh, engaging from the standpoint, you, 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 you know, there are motivational quotes in here that she gives you as well, which I think I find very fascinating because when somebody is telling you their life but realize that their life is relatable to what you may be dealing with, I, it's fascinating they've taken the time to share this moment because they are revealing a moment in their life that may not be very happy and may be very sad. But if you can take the time to understand that, that through that sadness is a blessing. And that's what I took away a lot of times in your book is these moments that you were revealing to me, whether it was criticism when you were sitting down talking to Wendy Wendy Williams, the radio shock job, who's now on television, uh, the daytime talk show, uh, way back then, because I know Wendy way back in the day when she was on WBLS. That's when you ran into her. And 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 she caught you off guard because you had to learn. So that was your first time really learning how the power of you have to know who you're talking to and have to yes. deal with the consequences when you talk. Talk about that. You know, I had heard of, you know, this famed uh, reporter, Wendy Williams, but, you know, no different than Barbara Walters or anybody else. I didn't know the difference in their style of um, journalism. Right. If you know, if that's what we're going to call this. But so when I met her and they were like, oh, she's big time on the radio. She yeah. can help you. You know, you can go in there and promote your, you know, promote your company swanky. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, I'll get a million clients in New York from this. <laughs> yes. I had no idea that she wanted the tea. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And when she didn't get it, see, the thing is, I'm from Oakland, and I'm, I'm savvy enough to tell when it's going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So I started re- redirecting her. She did not like it. She's like, wait a minute, this girl got a brain? Oh, hell no. We thought we were going to trap her. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, no, she didn't like someone that was thinking about her questions and 
slow to answer. And, you know, I was taking pregnancy pause and she would ask stuff. And I was thinking like, <laughs> no, no, you're going to ruin me. I'm not doing that. Absolutely. So, well, she yeah, tried to yeah, do yeah, anyway so, because she badmouthed you and act like you. Years. Yeah, badmouthed you. It's just why you you told her you're going to say this. And you came in the radio and you didn't say this and try to exercise you was intoxicated and all those oh, things. Oh, Lord. And so, so, <laughs> yes. so that was your first foray into negative media. Did it prepare you for the future? It did somewhat prepare me, but I'll tell you, it, it was a snowball from there mm-hmm. because they took that, you know, clip that, you know, that sound, those sound bites mm-hmm. and they were able to run with it and create a, a big old narrative, you know, and it, it right. just turned into a, a long, long, long journey. But you know what? I, I said, even then hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you are in a state of suffering mm-hmm. and which we have later found that she was, um, that you you hurt people. So that's mm-hmm. what you do for a living. That's your way of acting out. And, you know, she had a loud voice. So it was no way for me to win against her at the time. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm very familiar with uh, Wendy Williams. Stephen Harvey and I was on the radio or WBLS. We did the morning drive. She did the afternoon drive. And uh, and so I knew her what she did. Charlemagne was on the show at the time. That's where he mm-hmm. launched his career. And now he's a, a big-time star in the Breakfast Club and also has his uh, yeah. nighttime uh show on the um, comedy channel. So yes, when, yes. When, when I look at fashion, see, I, I, I'm telling you something. Tamika, I think I can dress. You know what I'm saying? I think I got it going on. I'm not saying, you know, I'm in front of a, I'm front of, a, of an international stylist and everything. What do you look at, male, female, where they had in their career, how do you start applying their style or the sense of what they should look for that particular moment? Talk to me, because I remember we talked about, you talked about when you first met 702 and did the video and, and you went even extra and did their makeup because they came into your trailer crying. Said, my makeup's not right. My makeup's not right. You said, calm down. That, that, even I'm getting this in this interview, you have a sense of calm that really shines through you, Tamika. Talk about that because that's a lot of stories that makes people calm. because means it's experiences, but talk about that. Because I realized that panicking just doesn't solve anything. <laughs> I, you know, I realized that a while. You know, this morning I was taking my sons to school and I was fussing at him because he forgot something or whatever. He, he even had to remind me. He's like, what does fussing get you? <laughs> he, was like, he said, what do you get out of it? I mm-hmm. fell out laughing. I said, oh, Lord, he sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, he, yes. Because he, he's heard you. He's heard you now. You know those little ears hear up a lot of information. So know that come, that came out your mouth, okay? Yeah, he's 13. He's smart. He was like, what do you get from that? What do you gain? What do you gain? I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. He's yes. turning into me already. Um. Yeah, I do have a sense. I, you know, I, I know when you stay, when you remain calm, you can fit your brain starts to unravel whatever the problem is. You know, you start mm-hmm. to figure it out when you panic and you're in a suffering state and you're just acting a fool and being crazy. You can't figure nothing out. Right. The universe won't work in your favor. Everything just starts to go wrong. So I try to just I don't know. I just I try to really remain calm and and think logically. And just apply wisdom. I have a lot of experience. Even in the book, I, I realize people have been whizzing through my book. They've been reading it in two days, like not putting it down, which is a, good, a great sign. There's so much stuff that's not even in there yet. You know, there's just so much, so much stuff that's not in there. Well, I, I know there is uh, 
first of all, they're, they're, you, you've lived several lives, and I say that in a complimentary manner. You know, your life, your life as a youth could be an episode, of, could it be a series no different than uh, than uh, what Fifty Cent is putting out on Stars. Okay, <laughs> that little run yeah. right there. Okay, and then when you made the the move to L.A., you know, with your son, and uh, and that whole run of of stepping out. It, would I would I could I use the word stepping out on faith is when you moved to from Oakland to Los Angeles and if it was stepping out on faith, what allowed you to sustain any level of success? Because you got to have planning somewhere along the way. But you was riding there for about four or five years when you moved to LA on faith and just opportunity. Correct. Faith and dimples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't. I knew that um, I knew that failure wasn't an option mm-hmm. and failure to me would be, well, I guess the worst, you know, I either becoming homeless or, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. or going back to Oakland. And right. those weren't to me, that would have been failure in my mind mm-hmm. because this was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a clear cut plan. I'd be lying if I told you I did. But I knew that I, I wanted to get into this industry in some capacity. Um, when I first got here, you know, I thought I wanted to be behind this. Th- I thought I wanted to be in front of the camera, I should right, say. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like was, we all do, by the way, Tamika. I know when yeah, I went to L.A., I thought I was going to be a sitcom star. I'm going to get my own <laughs> sitcom. Team. I was a comedian. I thought I was going to be the next Eddie Murphy. But again, oh, what I what I like about that, to say that, to bring up my example, is so many, so many people, they stay in that lane and don't really adjust. And your book is about adjusting. And I think that when people read that, you know, you can read it for you might want to read this book for salacious uh, storylines. You may get that if I don't know. I, I, all I got out of this book was was a person sharing slices of their life because of the fact that, like I said, this book can be like four books. I'll be honest with you, because she's going through some chapters, and I'm going back. She she jumped from 2005, 2007. The previous chapter she was in 2007, but she had to go back to 2004 to tell you that relationship from 2004 to 2006. Uh, <laughs> so going like, okay, so you know that's why I got all these notes, Tamika. I had to, I had to like keep up with your book there, and I say in a good yeah. way because in order to tell the story, certain relationships overlap. And because certain relationships overlap, you oftentimes got caught in tabloids as saying, hey, aren't you still married? Hey, aren't you still dating this people? Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you here? So that, in a sense, was you becoming a, a popular figure in social media was not a benefit for you, correct? No. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it was not my finest moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my finest moment. But yeah, think, I mean, life was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was younger, so I didn't quite transition yes. from one relationship to the next mm-hmm. um, quite as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. My transitions were a little off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I had to write these dates down. I said, okay, 2007, she was here. You like, that don't add up. Hold on. She was going with him. Right, then right. She was with him. Right. Listen. I was cute. I was young. What you want me to do? Well, well, well you, you, you were cute enough in 2007. Here I Stand album with uh, Robin Thicke. That oh. was Usher. And that is also the title of your book. And you say that book, that title basically is a double entendre. Because it's not only a love album that was written to you, for you or to you by Usher yes. Raymond, but it also is a testament to us being doing this interview right now. Here I Stand. 
you know, in a beautiful state. Let's let's talk about that for a few minutes because I think it's important the mindset. You know, we always talk about, you know, the mental concepts of where people are are at these days. Here I stand in a beautiful state. Talk about that right quick for me, Tamika. So, yes, it does have a double entendre. So, you know, Here I Stand, obviously, is the, is the name of the album. It's the title cut. Here I Stand is the song. I danced to it at my wedding, all that good, mushy stuff. Um, it, the album was created during a time when I was going from dating to marriage mm -hmm. and, um, you know, conceiving my son, um, our oldest son together and all that. So that's what here I stand means. But then here I stand, meaning I've been through hell and high water. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, you know, survived like some of the, some losses that are so devastating that some people wouldn't be able to get up the next day um, over, you know, losing my mom, my son, my mm -hmm. grandmother, mm -hmm. my aunt my sister, my brother, mm -hmm. I've lost a lot of family members. Mm -hmm. And so here I stand just is a, really is a ode to resilience right. for me. Right. That's, it means more of here I stand in terms of resilience than it does the album, believe it or not. Cool. Well, I'm just speaking to it, uh, Tamika Foster Raymond, uh, her book, Here I Stand is about growth, renewal, perseverance, and optimism. And it's ultimately about striving to remain positive. You are a positive person, and so many people have slung mud, have slung sticks, have slung arrows in your direction. How do you maintain that positivity, Tamika? Like I said, I just, I think my perspective is just, um, I kind of, I see the glass as half full. Right. Mm -hmm. And not empty. And I, I look at the bright side, and let me tell you, humor has been, it's funny you spoke about being a comedian. Um mm. My father is one of the funniest. <laughs> right, right. My Talk about that. One the book. of the funniest men you will <laughs> ever speak to or be around. He is hilarious, and his mind is so sharp, and he's so quick. His timing, mm -hmm. and it really has helped me because I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. And um, I watched my father. He lost his mother and sister. They they died in a house fire. My granny Lou. I talk about her in the book. She died in a fire, um, and. And my father's, um, I guess, ability to just remain just, I don't know, lighthearted. I don't right. know. His spirit is just light. He's right. not a heavy or mad guy. He's, I've never seen my dad mad at anyone except for the guy that hit me with the car. Right. Mm, <laughs> That's yes. it. But my father just doesn't hold on to anger. He doesn't hold grudges. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same exact way. I can't even, usually I can't even remember why I was mad at people. After a couple of weeks, I'm like, I don't know why we fell out. Right. <laughs> I don't right, even remember. Right. Because I'm so busy living my life. Well, you're living a great life. And it's, before I wrap, I want to talk about a couple of things that you've dedicated to your son, Kyle, who passed away yes. in 2012, the Kyle's World Foundation in 2013, and also this 3D animated series. Talk about the Kyle's World, Kyle's World Foundation. Yes, that is like one of my joys. Kyle's World Foundation is a 501c3. Our focus um, the initial focus of, of Kyle's world was performing arts because Kyle was big on, he sang, he danced and he loved theater. And he was also an artist. He painted, I have all of his artwork, mm -hmm. but as time went on, I noticed there were so many other performing arts efforts. I switched it. I wanted to do, um, I wanted to reward kids that did things, random acts of kindness, like Great. kids who do things like you'll read stories where they, you know, 
they cut all their neighbor's lawn to help Mm -hmm. their mother pay her rent, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Kids that do really nice gestures, I want to reward them. Awesome. So now it's about rewarding kids that are doing the right thing. I just want to encourage them to do it. Now, you have this 3D animated series. It's just kind of like been in work since 2013. Talk about it. Will it become a reality? Come on now. Oh you got God. me excited here, Tamika. Speaking into existence. Let's go. I, I speak go, it. You're go. talking to the guy. <laughs> I, I speak it. It will make it happen. Talk to me about make it. Make it happen. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Listen, The Odd Life of Kyle Lyles. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. This is black animation. This is something that we just need. Three. Yes. We need, the, we need a black version of The Incredibles. Yes. Oh. We need... Yes, we need our kids to, and and the show is pop culture heavy. We're talking mm-hmm. fashion, mm-hmm. so the mom comes in with her little funny attitude, and she's <laughs> fashionable. We got the kids and the newest Jordan One. Right. I mean, it's and Kyle was Kyle was actually into technology. He loved all things Apple. Mm-hmm. He had the iPhone, the iPad, the laptop, everything. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be like all advanced technology, like his selfie stick to be some state of the art thing. But he's a middle child and he goes through the big big brother bully, which was true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the little siblings that got on his nerves. And it's funny because he ends up getting superpowers. Right. Oh and his, wow. And his family doesn't know that he has them. So it's an amazing story. I love it. Uh, so I you know, side note, you know, I'd love to read it and see where you're at with this when we in this interview. But again, Tamika, I want to thank you for coming on my show and allowing me to read your book and allowing Yay. me to see the motivation. And you're charming. You're you're definitely a person I want to keep on my uh phone list. I mean, bring back on the show if you have any other projects that you want to pitch. For but sure. You are you're awesome and uh, uh, again, her name is Tamika Foster Raymond. Her book is incredible. Thank you. Here I stand. She stand. She she stood there. She stand there. She's gonna stand in the future, y'all, because she's in a beautiful state. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Okay, Thank Tamika. You. <laughs> if you want to hear, thank or you see, for having me. Oh, you're beautiful. If you want to see or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. Please join us next week and always remember, lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Janice Bryant Howard was recognized by Black Enterprise as the first black woman to own and operate a billion dollar company. The self-made global leader, educator, and entrepreneur stopped by to share what she describes as the ABCs for success. The A is to ask the right questions, then listen for the right answers. And then the B is about being. Be where you say you'll be, when you say you'll be, and most importantly, how you say you'll be. And then that C is about circular communication. Sending a tweet, sending a text. I mean, that's not communication. It's the full circle of conversation that moves you toward success. If you want to listen to this full interview with Janice Bryant Howard, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com.